No, I thought the Burn and Sunderman film review it doesn't mm. sa- it doesn't look visually good, but it sounds good. The Burn and Sunderman. I f- no offense, but I feel like Sunderman isn't. It's not a name that just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's not. It doesn't. I don't think it looks visually good, but I think Sunder the Burn and Sunderman something that sounds like a sandwich or something. I was partly thinking of Sunderburn. Burn Sunder. Also, I was thinking of Asunder films. Asunder. Your films Asunder is good, but that that leaves me out. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. I think we are good to go. So, um, MK Film Review. MK Ultra <laughs> Film. What's the name again? It's called MK Ultra Film. Excellent. The way it works is uh, we'll play our voice messages from WhatsApp. And then we'll do the review after that to see if our opinions have changed or remained the same. I think that's how we're going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, generally the voice messages are going to be recorded immediately after watching. Um, so it's kind of like your immediate fresh thoughts on a film. And then now we'll discuss how we feel about it now after the ideas have had a bit of time to ferment and you can really kind of seal your opinion. Because I feel like it does change a lot of the time. Definitely. Your opinion on a film... Or even on anything, on music or, you know, other things. It can change after you have a bit of time to kind of think about it. What's the first film that we're going to review? What's the first official reviewed film on MK Ultra Film Review? Yeah, so the first film is The Dead Don't Die, directed by Jim Jarmusch, which I went to see in the cinema with my friend Martin the other day. Um, and yeah, we'll play the, the, my initial thoughts on that now. Excellent. So I just went to see The Dead Don't Die, um, that kind of intentional B-movie horror film um, with Adam Driver and Bill Murray in it. Uh, very, very bad. Uh, really just not good. Like, uh, Tilda Swinton's in it, and she's quite funny. Uh, she's actually, like, really... I had, like, some genuine laughs at Tilda Swinton in it. Um, I also just, like, really like her, but... Uh, Oh, it's just really crap, man. Like, the jokes are really bad. They were trying to... The humour was, I guess, like, supposed to be deadpan, but I just feel like American... Um, Americans just can't really do deadpan humour. It just doesn't translate well over 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 there. Um, the jokes were really bad. Like, like so, to, for an example of a joke, like, the zombies are attracted to stuff that that they liked when they were alive so like all these like young millennials come alive and they're like walking around going like wi-fi bluetooth or like fucking like nintendo and shit and it's like oh god that's like really just basic stuff it's kind of nearly like a bit awkward or something to watch they they had this joke so i don't know if you've ever seen arrested development but they have like recurring jokes throughout the seasons which it's really funny, like, they repeat stuff. But in this, they had recurring jokes, but, like, they weren't funny the first time. So when they repeated them, it was just like, ah. Like, this is, so they had this thing where, like, someone would get attacked by a zombie, and then someone would say, oh, it looks like they get attacked by an animal. Or maybe a pack of animals. And, like, that's not, that's not funny. And then, like, they just, any time someone got attacked, so a new character would say that same line. And then, like, every time it just wasn't, um, it just it just wasn't funny and then yeah the humour was just really bad and I guess the deadpan thing and because it's a B movie they, they tried to like I think intentionally act like really badly so the, the acting is really bad and there's lots of like long silences and I think 
the intention is just like the long silence is kind of awkward and funny, but it's not. It just makes the scenes really long, kind of boring, because it just didn't work. The film just didn't work. Uh, Tilda Swinton, very good, very funny. And it's funny that I guess like the Brits are good at the dry humour and the only one who could actually do it was Tilda Swinton, who is British. But yeah, this is a long one, but... Uh, I don't know. I, went, I, I didn't expect it to be good, but I thought it would be like a bit of fun. And it wasn't that fun. It just wasn't that fun. There you go, man. It wasn't fun. <laughs> it wasn't fun at all. It was bad. Um, the, the only fun that I got from it was kind of like, you know, when you go to like a bad film or something with your friend and then you're both kind of looking at each other being like, whoa, this, this sucks. And like, it was nearly funny. Like that was kind of the only good thing, just like seeing, apart from Tilda Swinton, but that was kind of the only good thing <laughs> about the movie. Like, uh, it was just crap. I actually described it as, um, so it's, it's supposed to be a low budget movie, but it's, it clearly has quite a high budget. There's big stars in it. So I described it as like, if you could imagine, imagine Virgin Megastores, where like, we're going to run an underground punk show in the Mercedes Benz or something. You'd be like, ah. that's going to be shit. Like, that's not going to be good. It's going to be really lame and just not going to be good. Um, and that's what it was like, but on film. Okay. Um, well, I believe you, you're a fan of Jim Jarmusch, aren't you? Yeah, I like Jarmusch. I mean, I'm mean, I, not a huge Jim Jarmusch fan. I've definitely watched films of his that have made me like really upset and bored. I remember watching his first film ever i think it was some student film called god i can't remember something about a, a young new york kid hanging around and just being really pretentious and there was lots of jazz playing in the background and it was just an all-around terrible film and i was like god i'm never watching this guy's movies ever again but then i saw down by law and uh mm. and then it blew me away and i and he also made uh, he's made lots of films he's like the king of independent cinema in america and he he does make some really great stuff but i feel like he he really just hasn't in a while and he has a pretentious edge to him that i feel that if you don't buy into the concept of a jim jarmusch film within the first like 10 15 minutes you're just going to feel like it's uh some sort of piece of modern art that you don't get and you kind of end up resenting it in some way or something like that uh but the cast is amazing why, why didn't it work I don't know. Yeah, like even Tom Waits is in it and, and I feel like he's usually a winner in films. Yeah. But even like the his name was something so dumb. It was like it, his name was something Bob, like Hobo Bob. Or, it was just something real lazy. And I was like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, It's a shame because I, I watched the trailer and I was like, this looks funny. Mm. I like Adam Driver. Obviously, like everyone likes Bill Murray. Mm. But yeah, it just didn't work. Um. Yeah, it just didn't work. I can see what they're trying to do with this sort of intentional B-movie and like calling them like, you know, calling these sort of cliche names and all this cliche sort of stuff and playing with that to try and make it funny. But it just seems like uh, it just did not work, which is, uh, ah, yeah, I guess a shame for everyone involved because it's got some really great artists in there. Just one more question yeah. on that. Does, does Jim Jarmusch, does he primarily do horror films or is it? No, is it... no, he doesn't. Okay. Yeah, I'd say this would be his first foray into a film like this. Um, well... It shows. Certified Not Fresh by uh, Mark Byrne. <laughs> Certified Not Fresh. Zero bags of popcorn. Um, and what's the next film we're going to do? Oh, the next film is one of mine. Yeah, the next film's you. Oh, okay. It's, the next uh, film is Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, no, so I went to see Yesterday uh, just last Sunday in uh, Dundrum uh, Cinema. It's the first time I've been to that cinema. And I'd heard a lot of good things about it, so I went to it. And uh, yeah, it's nice cinema. It's around your neck of the woods. So I was like, okay, pay homage. Um... 
And then, yeah, we went in to see the film. Uh, I went in to see it with Anna. It was Sunday evening uh, after having a nice Eddie Rockets milkshake. And this is what I thought. Hey, Mark, just got out of yesterday, uh, the big billboard film with uh, uh, Danny Ball directing it and Richard Curtis uh, writing it. Didn't want to go see this film going into it. And then I kind of built up a bit of excitement because, you know, it's the Beatles and it's great music. But, uh, man, that was a, a big, long snore bore fest it was a really really boring film and like uh like really annoying that it was boring uh because you have this like concept that kind of is a bit stupid from the outset and you 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 keep thinking well the concept must be bad so there must be something else there for them to have actually made this film um but then you watch it and it just doesn't justify itself at all like he's somehow everyone forgets the beatles and you're like why why what's going on here and there's no like real point to the film like that you know he just starts playing the Beatles songs he gets a bit famous then he gets super famous and then he just kind of like I mean I don't want to give it all away but he you know he kind of just sort of happens uh one scene after the other and nothing really gets dealt with there's no point to it it's basically like a, a love film that lasts two hours and you don't really care about the two main characters uh one or two funny scenes um, like I did giggle once or twice throughout the film, but overall thought it was uh, it was very very bad. There's one like in terms of you were saying some jokes from the other film, so uh, I'll tell you one joke from this film. Like Ed Sheeran is a main character in it, which is incredibly <laughs> annoying. Like he is just he just plays himself in, and he is just a monotonous, like boring man. Like he looks like he's literally got someone behind the camera holding a placard, and he's reading them slowly, reading the words slowly. <laughs> Like, really very, very boring. But he, um, like, there's just one scene where he calls Ed Sheeran up. And it's just like, you know that song? I'm in love with the shape of you. That's like Ed Sheeran's ringtone. And he's just walking along and he, like, he takes takes his phone over his pocket and answers it. It's just the idea of Ed Sheeran using his own songs as his ringtone is something that <laughs> is very funny. Uh, overall, like, two of my favorite filmmakers um, coming out of England, Richard Curtis especially, uh, who's made about time um a lot of actually the boat that rocked a lot of really nice uh rom-com uh films a bit more heavy on the com uh dramatic failure here really boring wouldn't recommend to even uh give it a view to see what it's like very boring stuff um and then here's on today's uh, episode of voice messages film reviews here's a five word review from anna no i don't like it in the reviews i don't it's not like and that was anna's five word review <laughs> very nice yeah no uh that was you can hear anna's voice in the background there giving her um one of our contributors to the show uh anna mm. um she's a lot of great work she's for done a lot of great as she says she doesn't like giving reviews uh oh. Yeah, that film to me has, um, I, I kind of realized something about it and it's made me further hate it. And as you can hear at the start, like I'm a huge Richard Curtis fan, like really, really big. Maybe one of my favorite filmmakers. Just growing up, I watched a lot of them. And Outrageous thing to say. I know, yeah, I know. But I, there's something very romantic and nostalgic about like uh, Notting Hill and Four Weddings and a Funeral and About Time and uh, you know, I've watched them all. I watched uh, Love Actually every Christmas and it's like pure escapism, but I think there's something good in it too. He actually wrote loads of Mr. Beans and he's a very good comedy writer. But um, wow. <laughs> but I, I think, I, like, I, maybe you don't agree, but I do love it. Um, but what I've realized they did with this film and it's like, 
so obvious to me now is that they they've basically they created a film that could be turned into a musical right they've created a film that mm. i don't even know if either of them cared that much about it i don't know even know i mean from the looks of it there's zero danny boyle sort of stamp on this film at all there's no kind of uh directorial personality visible at all uh, there's some good richard curtis-esque scenes with kind of funny things but generally what they've done is they've tried to create a film that can be turned into a stage musical and will go on forever and ever. And it's got the Beatles songs in it. So it's going to be a hit on Broadway. And, uh, and that's what, and mark my word, that's what's going to happen. Regardless of how poor this film is, it hasn't been received terribly. It's not been great. Uh, but they have basically created a film that will be turned into a musical very soon with what I've also realized is not an original concept at all. So uh, yeah, very bad film. Not happy about it. it. And is that just your prediction or is that, that's is there plans in the works? That's me uh, sitting at home, you know, uh, staring out the window, coming up with that by myself. But I, I am yeah. very confident. I'm mean, very confident well, on that one. Um, well, you said it first, MK Ultrafilm. <laughs> That's our our prediction. But also, even this uh, concept of everyone in the world forgetting be- the Beatles is also something mm. that's been done before. I mean, even if you think about Back to the Future, you know, Back to the Future when he goes uh, back in time to the 1950s and he starts playing the Beatles at his mum's high school dance party. He actually starts playing the Beatles then. And also there's a uh, TV show that my uncle was telling me about called Good Night, Sweetheart, where there's this time traveler guy who lives in London in the 1990s, but he goes back to London in the uh, era of the Second World War. And he has two girlfriends Mm. and he does the same thing. He starts playing the Beatles to his girlfriend. So, I mean, I'm sure Curtis sort of just sort of nicked the idea from them. And uh, Mm. the concept's crap and the movie's crap. And that's all I really have to say about it. Yeah, What I thought, like, from watching the trailer, it reminded me of films like, to be fair, a film I haven't seen, but a film called, that one, The Invention of Lying with Ricky Gervais. Ah, yeah. Do you like that movie? No. But I, I just watched the trailer and I was like yeah. thinking, it just seems like they came up with an idea. Imagine, you know, you were in a world where no one could lie or imagine you were in a world where, or even like, I guess, Liar Liar with um, Jim Carrey. It's yeah. just like an idea, but that doesn't necessarily turn into a story, does it? Like That's it. Yeah. It's an idea without any other meat onto it. Yeah. You just have to shoehorn a story in there somewhere. And uh they tried to unsuccessfully. I also thought the bit in the trailer where he's playing the song and someone says, like, what's the song called? And then the mom says, it's called Leave It Be. And he goes, no, mom, it's called Let It Be. That's <laughs> shit. <laughs> that's so, like, I will that's say that is, that was one of the few funny scenes. Uh, there's just That's saying a lot, man. Yeah, it, it, it was. It wasn't a great film. There was... There was some like the Hey Jude, Hey Dude bit was so dumb with with like uh, Ed Sheeran just should not like be allowed to be given. It was essentially a cameo stretched out over fucking an hour and a half. It was it was an overlong film as well. It was something about two hours long. It sounds like it was just endless um, Beatles track title puns. As, as I said in the video, snore bore fast. <laughs> what else has uh, what else has Danny Boyle directed? Danny Boyle. Oh, he's directed mm. uh, uh, 127 Hours. He's directed Train Spotting, Train Spotting 2. He directed mm. uh, Dog Millionaire. He directed Shallow Grave was his directorial debut. With Shallow Grave and directorial uh, and with Shallow Grave and Train Spotting, like between those two, he's made two of the you know two of the great films of British cinema, and he's very exciting and very good. But uh, 
This film is just pants, and he hasn't made a good film the, in months, in years. Train spotting's very dark, and and Shallowgrave sounds very dark as well. I think uh, yeah, they are. Sounds yeah. like he's really changed up his game. Yeah, he took a turn with Slumdog Millionaire to I don't know sensational kind of nostalgic romantic films where he does. Mm. He's not a fan of uh, auteur kind of theory. He doesn't like directors being too visible in the film. He thinks the film should live by itself and not have mm. kind of like the director's personality there on screen. But he, mm. um, I don't know. I think he's become too absent from his films and it kind of just looks like he doesn't care and he's just doing it as a job. Mm, cash. Uh, he hasn't made a good film in a, a long time. That's a shame. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know. Hopefully. We'll go back to his dark roots. Uh, what's the next film? What next film have we got? The next film is a film called Burning, um, which is a film adaptation of a book by Haruki Murakami, which I think is of the same name, but I'm not sure. Um, and it's directed by Lee Changdong. Or Changdong Lee, I think you're supposed to say. I actually don't know how you're um, supposed to say those names, yeah. Uh, the, those names? Like the Korean names? Is it Korean? Yeah. Yeah, so those types of names, Korean names, like do you say the last name first just, or the first name last? Okay. That's all. Did I, I just thought you meant you might have meant did I, I just thought you might have meant something else. Did I walk into hot water there? Am I in hot water? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll cut that one out. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, without further ado, here is uh my instant WhatsApp review of Burning. So I just got out of a screening of Burning, a Korean film um, directed by Lee Chang-dong, based on a novel by Haruki Murakami, a book that I will not be reading, uh, because if it's anything like that movie, it was really long and really boring. (laughs) It was a boring film. Whoa. Probably didn't help, but like the screening started at half nine and with the ads and stuff, I guess the movie started at 10 p.m. So it was about two hours and 15 maybe. Um, and I was in work today and shit, so I'm kind of tired. But Matt, like, cause I was like, oh, delish. Like the trailer. Oh, those guys liked it, I guess. Uh, the trailer um, made me be like, oh, this is going to be like one of them delish Korean kind of crime things you know what like what like um what's that mr vengeance film or like uh those films that the guy who's in that movie the host is also in whose name i can't remember but you know what i'm talking about those korean cool crime films i saw the devil that's a good one but uh it was just like it was like those it had like the it had the kind of confusing mystery and people kind of behaving in a bizarre way but without any kind of payoff. Like, people are just... behave kind of weird, and then... just nothing really happens. Like, stuff does happen, but, like, it's just very, very slow. I just found very slow and long. And there's definitely, like, certain characters... Like, I think the acting was very good, and it was shot very nicely. It looked very nicely. It looked very nicely. Uh, But it was just so slow, man. And long. Also, uh, there's a dude behind me who just like kept laughing at fucking everything. Like, like just like he just kept going <laughs> at like every fucking thing that happened. I don't. Know. But um, also, the that same dude, he was sitting one seat behind me, one seat across, and the theater is pretty empty. 
and he had his fucking bare feet on the chair in front of him, so beside my head. Like, get your fucking feet. Get your... <sighs> yeah, anyway, boring film. Very good. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's a review of the film or the guy behind you, but uh, both seem yeah. to have done pretty badly. So, yeah, now, now, now that I listen <laughs> back to that, I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot going against it. Like, I was working that day. It was a super late screening. Um, I was by myself as well. And for a while, I was the only person in the theater, which I was kind of like, this will be cool. But then that, that guy came in. Wait, can I just stop you there? Did the guy come into an empty theater and place himself behind you? Yeah, but I don't think that's that bad because it was it's a pretty small theater and I was like pretty much bang in the center. He wasn't behind me, he was behind and one across. So he could really get the feet like close to my face. Um but yeah, that that film, I guess this would be an example of one where in hindsight it wasn't it wasn't bad, but it just uh it was just really long and quite dull. And in its defense, I spoke to someone who's read some Murakami books, which I haven't, and she was telling me that his books generally are more about creating an atmosphere or kind of a feeling rather than having a a story, which I guess this film did. It kind of had a a feeling of confusion and stuff, but it just was, was way too slow for me. Um, It kind of brings to mind, like some, like I feel like going to see foreign films, sometimes there's like a pressure to say they're good. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I was like, ah, like I was like, I'm going to see this Korean film. It's in a different language. And I don't like it. And I was nearly like a bit embarrassed. I was like, ah, oh, I have to like this. Cause, and, you, and then I was kind of like, yeah, go on. You, well, you Google it and then you see it's got like 94 and all the critics are raving about it. But then maybe that's just like, like you're like, somehow I must be wrong. Right. Because, but then at the end yeah. of the day, it's your opinion. Right. And like, if you're not liking something, but what I like about this is it's a good example of like, you're open to the fact that the environment that you watched it in was affecting uh, how you felt about the film right like if you'd watch that on let's say a sunday afternoon in the middle of the winter with uh you know emer beside you on the couch at home you might enjoy it but it was a long day work it started at 9 30 you had some guy with his stinking bare feet behind you like the atmosphere can often affect how we view a film mm. and uh it seems like that could have been a case of that as well but to, to add to that i think i think another thing that uh didn't help this film was the trailer if I remember, it was quite like quick cut and there was a lot of like shots and it was all very fast moving. It seemed like it was going to be quite actiony, which which is why I thought it was going to be like one of those classic Korean yeah. films. What what are some examples of those? I can't g- give me an example. I don't know. They're just kind of well known for it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you're putting me very much on the spot here. I saw the devil. That's one. Yeah, I saw the devil. Um, Jesus, old boy. Is that Korean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old boy, I guess is a good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They're just well known for these kind of like snappy uh, cop-esque mm. films. Yeah, so the, the trailer was very snappy, as you said. And like, I was really like, this is going to be action. And, you know, I'm tired, but it'll be good. And it just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't what that. I wanted to see. It wasn't what I needed to see. I'd be a big uh, Murakami fan. I like him a lot. Really? Yeah. Have and, you read that book? Uh, what it, What book is it based on? Is it? I don't think it's called. I, I think it's called Burning. The book is called Burning? Mm. Uh, I'm just gonna. It's based on the short story "Barn Burning" from "The Elephant Va- Vanishes" by Haruki Murakami. Uh, okay. Yeah, I like I like him a lot, and I guess um, 
I mean, I've only read Norwegian Wood and, and Dance, Dance, Dance. And uh, I think another one, he's very like Kafka. He's He's got kind of a similar feel to him, but definitely mm. not a action heavy guy. And what your friend said, very accurate, like he creates sort of an aesthetic within the piece and sort of a feeling. And uh, you kind of stick around for that. And there's not really any tight narrative that gets concluded. It's not like your typical story arc. It just sort of flows. So I appreciate that, but but do you think then, you know, a, a, a Kafka book or a, a book like that, do you think they should even be made into films? Yeah, I do. I just think, like, uh, they should definitely be advertised correctly. Like, they definitely shouldn't be penned as action-filled, um, you know, high-intensity dramas uh, mm. coming out of, like, the school of uh, Korean action films. Uh, they they can be created and there's definitely space for them uh, for like a visual representation of these books, but just not presented to be something that they aren't. Um, mm. But yeah, like, I mean, slow moving aesthetic cinema is, you know, it can be quite pleasant. Uh, Have you seen The Trial, the Orson Welles film based on The Trial? I haven't seen that. Is that good? I really like it, actually. I, I was lucky enough to see it in a cinema in Paris. They were screening it and um, yeah, I thought it was great. Like, did they, were they true to the novel? I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, pretty true to it. Like, I guess the novel is just kind of a series of scenes. I think they don't even know if the the book is in the right order, and it or and it wasn't finished. But um, yeah, like I feel like they captured all of it. It was interesting. Um, Dara, my friend Dara, he said he's a big fan of that book as well, and he said that um, he didn't want to see the film because he liked, you know, how he saw things from reading it mm-hmm. in his own head, and he thought yeah. watching the movie would wreck it and i thought that was kind of interesting for a film of like a film that is based around an atmosphere i guess more so than a more actiony packed one i guess it could kind of change how you view the book i think that like the whole thing with book to book to film adaptations and there's things going the other way now in in uh like the contemporary world we have a lot of uh things going the other way around but like in book to film it's impossible to recreate a book on uh, film. Like you can't do it. They're different mediums. They do different things. They're they're separate mediums. And like, you know, you can't recreate one in the other way. There's too much going on in a Murakami uh, prose of like internal stuff that's going on inside the guy's head. You just cannot mm. represent that on film. And I think my mm. friend once said it to me that I thought was really true is that what you have to do if you're creating uh film that is based on a book is just to try capture a sense of the book like a sense of the aesthetic and a sense of the feeling and then also try stay as true as you can to the plot and uh Mm. and if you can balance that act then you've done a good job um yeah but maybe this sounds like a film where they've stayed too true to the book and not thought about it being a piece of film maybe i'll have to give it a read and see on on just one one more thing related to uh books and films i actually did recently read one that went the other way around i got the novelization they call it of alien the first alien film yeah i read it it was actually pretty good like i i guess i haven't seen that film in a while so um it was you know kind of like i was hearing it for the first time but i noticed that the all of the atmosphere stuff in space and i guess the more psychological aspects of the film in the book, I really enjoyed. So maybe the first half, and then as soon as it became more action centric, 
the book just became complete trash. Like it was really, really bad. Uh, yeah. What's the next one? So the next film we have is Booksmart, which you recently went to see. Ah, yes, Booksmart. Very. Ex- I was excited about this film, and yeah, it was one of those ones that I saw was in the cinema, and I knew I wanted to go see. And uh, I was worried I wasn't going to catch it. And then uh, one day I had like uh, an afternoon free in town and I went to see it in uh, the Cineworld in uh, just off Parnell Street. And this is what I thought right after it. Hey, just got out of Booksmart. Um, new film uh, that's being penned is The Female Superbad with Jonah Hill's actual sister playing the, one of the main two roles. Gotta say it's one of the uh, better films I've seen this year. Um, it's up there with eighth grade in a coming of age kind of, I don't know, it's mainly it's a comedy, right? And uh, it's about these two girls who uh, are kind of like doing that last wild night before they graduate. And it's just so fucking funny. It's very funny. And um, it's got all these very like funny sequences and all the characters are very good. And it's, it's nice to see uh, kind of a film that, I don't know, often these uh, kind of female-led films or whatever aren't, they don't turn out to be that funny or something like that, Um, for me at least. And this one was really good to prove how you don't have to have like this kind of bro-y, kind of bro humor to make a film hilarious. Like just if if the gags are good, the gags are good. And um, the gags, as I've previously said, were good. I think this film was um, just had an insane amount of really crazy characters and like every single one of them was like very, very ridiculous. And I think films that usually do that, you kind of get a bit annoyed about it. You're like, oh, for God's sake, like stop just creating crazy characters. You don't really get attached to them. But these ones are like very well thought out and um, they all had that depth behind them. They weren't just like crazy for the sake of being crazy, but also had a a depth behind them that justified sort of the the wacky sides of their personality and uh, it made it very very nice uh, viewing. Uh, The narrative was kind of predictable and you sort of knew what was always going to happen and the bits that were going to go wrong went wrong but you don't really care because it was just so well made. That film was really very good and it's funny what I noticed is kind of funny is how less animated uh, I was in giving a good review to a bad review. Did you notice that? Like yeah. your blood is less boiling and you're kind of more in a mellow state and you're kind of just, you know, saying why the film is good and you're sort of reflecting. Whereas when you're, when you feel a bad movie, you're like, yeah, it's so bad. I hate it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like yeah. a, a, your blood's boiling or something like that. <laughs> it's, um, and you said that it was like, it was, it's been called the female super bad. Do you think it it lived up to that, uh, or do you or, or do you think that do you think that's even a fair comparison? Do you think that's just people? Uh, no, it's not. It's not a fair comparison because what Superbad was was a straight, a straight down the line comedy film. There was not much in Superbad that uh, would make you go to a different place of thought or make you feel something sort of within mm. uh, that was kind of relatable and say, Jesus Christ, that was me. Superbad was a straight down the line comedy film. The reason it's being penned like that is because it's a very, very similar plot with uh, the the female counterpart of a sibling 
uh, is in the other one. Let me say that again because it made no sense. But but the sister of uh, Jonah Hill is in this film. So people are penning it as the new Superbad. But what this film has, like Superbad, is very good comedy writing. I mean, very mm. good comedy writing. And then also a uh, a sort of coming-of-age story that really lives up to itself and manages to... There's so many little character arcs within this. Like, I really have to take mm. my hat off to the people who wrote this because they introduced, like, almost an entire class of high school students and managed to really neatly tie off every single one of their little narratives uh, by the end of the story. And I, I thought it was a real success in, uh, you know, film writing. Really loved it. How long was it? God, I don't know. It didn't feel like it was too long, though. Probably, like, ran for about an hour 45, I'd say, maybe an mm. hour 30. Not not too long for what they managed to do. Yeah. It's it's funny that you said like I feel like ju- I've only seen the trailer but you said it's not broy but it nearly did seem like like broy yeah in a female way. Like the way the trailer seemed to be very kind of a lot of like sex oriented jokes and a lot of kind of pretty crass like jokes and stuff. So I feel like it did no it's another one where the trailer didn't do it justice at all like i watched that trailer and was like god i do not want to fucking watch this it just seems like Mm. i don't want to watch this it seems like just another one of those kind of films but uh Mm. no i I, it it was nothing like uh the trailer in that within the trailer they didn't show you this uh compassionate uh edge that was a very large part of the film and what i think sets it apart from films like superbad and other films like that it, it was also nice to see lisa kudrow yeah on the screen. <laughs> yeah what's, what's she been up to i know yeah well just her and uh she plays the the parent of uh one of the girls and they're these amazing this amazing couple who uh who are very very overly supportive of their daughter's uh lesbianism and it's mm. so they that the, they play it so well uh, Lisa Kudrow is also just a very good comedy actor. And then the person who plays her husband, I don't know what his name is, was absolutely brilliant. Some very, very laugh out loud scenes in that film. Definitely check it out. It'll be out in Berlin in maybe like a year and a half. So I'll, <laughs> I'll go and see it then. Berlin is quite slow on um, getting films. But also sometimes uh, quite fast, uh, perplexingly fast also sometimes on the films. Yeah, it, sometimes you get stuff way before, but most of the time... <laughs> It's a long, long time after. So, Killian, now is the time where I recommend to you a film that I think that you should watch uh, between now and the next time we have a chat. Go ahead. Um, so the film that I think you should watch is Florida Project. Um, okay. A f- film, yeah. So this has been a kind of an <laughs> ongoing mission for me to get Killian to watch Florida Project. And what is it? Why, why, won't, you, why won't you watch it? I don't know. I mean, I guess like... It's a it's a it's a chunk of a film, and it seems kind of hard to get. It's at that period of just having been made that it's kind of hard to get, and I don't want to pay for it. So I don't know. I I have tried once or twice to really like sit down and okay, I'm gonna what? watch the Florida Project, and then what it just does that hasn't... mean it's a chunk. It's a chunk of a film. What it's does a that chunky. Mean? It's not chunky. It's just it's, it's trim. It's a chunky film. It's trim. I don't mean chunk in t- terms of like uh like length. I mean in terms of like weight and 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 you know the whole thing. Why do you think that? I, I just think it's like a, it's a deep film that I really need to, you know, take my time and, and like slowly. It's not fucking Schindler's List. Like it's <laughs> Jesus. Uh, why should I watch it? 
It's just such a, it's an amazing achievement, I think. It's, it's uh, directed by Sean Baker, who directed a, a, a pretty crazy film called Tangerine. Have you seen that one? Yeah, 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 I have actually. Oh, anyway, we, we won't talk about that. But, well, no, uh, no, do talk about Tangerine. Okay, Tangerine is about um, like transgender prostitutes living in LA um, and it's all shot on iPhones. Yeah. And it just kind of follows them around. One of them, I think, has just gotten out of prison mm-hmm. and she's trying to find her former boyfriend. And it just kind of follows her on this trip, her running around town trying to find yeah, her, yeah. her ex-boyfriend. And I think there's word that she, he might have cheated on her and stuff. That's and she's thing. kind of in a rage running around town. And it's it's crazy. You you like that film? I loved it. It was very frantic and, uh, and um, very funny and kind of like really get a, a sense of like that kind of life i think it was just mm. a really really great film usually like if i if i go see a movie and i like if i like it and i'd see who the director was and then i I might go and see the the next film that that person makes which in this case is the florida project and i noticed that you have not done that <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm gonna watch it now because we've done this it's like the ultimate yeah. way this whole thing was just a ruse to get me to watch the Florida Project, I guess. The whole podcast. The, but I haven't actually explained. So it's about um, a family. It's about these hotels, which are in a place called Kissimmee in Florida, where I've actually been. Um, and they're kind of marketed as tourist hotels. They're decorated in all these crazy colors. They're quite close to Disneyland. So they're kind of banking on the Disneyland tourism. And a lot of they're very, very cheap. So a lot of families actually live in these hotels all year round. And it kind of follows their life, just living in the hotel, having tourists come and go. Um, there's a strange rule where, I, I guess for rental reasons or something, they have to move apartment every few days, otherwise they're considered permanent residents. So it follows all that. But the whole film is shot from the perspective of children, these really ah. um, little kids. Yeah, so that actually kind of sounds like a bit of a nightmare. Like the kids are like six and the whole film is like 90% just the kids acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which sounds like it'd be horrible, but the kids in it are just amazing. They're so, so good and so funny. And they're real, they're like real kids. I mean to say that not that like normal actors. Genuine kids, children. But they're, they're like uh, not trained <laughs> professional actors. I, I actually think the kids are. I know the mother of the main kid isn't. She was recruited off Instagram or ah, scouted. okay. Um, and some of the other people aren't. And the hotel that the, that the main family live in is managed by Willem Dafoe. And I think it's my favorite. It's like the film that made me love Willem Dafoe. As you know, I really like mm-hmm. him. Um, and yeah, it's just an amazing film. Really, really nice colors, beautifully shot, amazing performances from the kids and a lot of different emotions. Sometimes it's happy, the kids are having fun. And then you, yeah, do you just, just watch it, Killian, please, please. I definitely will watch it and uh, thank you for creating this entire podcast just to get me to watch a uh, film that you really want me to watch. Hope you like it. Uh, my recommendation to you is actually a Jim Jarmusch film because I feel like you haven't seen much of his films, if any, except, except this one. And I think there's several that I want. You, I was thinking about. I could have chosen Down by Law, which has uh, Roberto Benigni and Tom Waits in it, all doing great performances. I could have chosen Broken Flowers uh, with Bill Murray, which is a more recent film that's quite good. But the one I decided to choose was A Night on Earth, um, mm-hmm. uh, which is really great concept it's basically uh i think it's like five different taxi drivers in five separate cities around the world 
and it just spends like maybe 15 minutes with each of these people. Uh, and it's just in the middle of the night. I think it's like, I don't know, 4 a.m. or some at some point in the middle of the night, they're just driving and uh, in the early morning hours and it's just taxi drivers meeting these different people. And they're kind of little novellas or little uh, episodic little pieces. The best one is definitely... Uh, the New York one with this uh, German taxi driver called Helmut, like my dad. My dad really likes this oh, film. And uh, and then also the one in Rome with Roberto Benigni, who he's, he also worked with in Now by Law. Two very good ones, those. And it, even if you just watch those two episodes of it, like it wouldn't really affect, uh, you wouldn't feel like you'd have to see the rest of the film, but really recommend it. Really, really recommend so it. There's no overarching story for the whole thing. It's just... No, no. It's just these little episodes. There's no overarching story or anything like that. It's just one night on Earth, mm. and uh, it's like a nice little film to watch. Yeah, definitely. Sounds cool. Taxi Driver is one of my favorite movies, too, so. What? Uh, yeah, not very. Well, <laughs> maybe. No, there's nothing like Taxi Driver in it. <laughs> I always said that it was the taxi itself that really drew me to that film. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then uh, what about films you're going to see this week? What are you going to watch this week in the cinemas or on your own, on your couch, by yourself? so i'm probably well i'm definitely going to check out um i don't know if you saw apocalypse now got like the hd touch up oh nice yeah so that's um being screened at a lot of cinemas here i guess worldwide too but definitely in berlin a few outdoor cinemas are doing it um so that's one i only i only watched that on on my tv um and i definitely liked it a lot but that's a real film that i think the cinematic experience would yeah give a lot to mm-hmm. especially in 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 um 4k or hd yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. it is so i'm really really looking forward to to seeing that that should be good and then uh also mandy is playing in the outdoor cinema here too the nicholas cage film i don't know anything about this uh, what's this mandy mandy nicholas cage zombie movie to be honest i don't know a whole lot about it either other than, I, I saw a trailer and it's a nicholas cage zombie film and I like Nicolas Cage as much as anyone, but <laughs> just seeing Nicolas Cage zombie movie, I was like, okay, like I'm not too excited about it. But a lot of people have told me it's really amazing and like really out there, arty, crazy. Um, so I'm I'm very, very intrigued to see what it is. Um, but what, what are you? Uh, do you have any plans to see anything this week? I'm going to check out uh, Toy Story 4. I think um, mm. obviously I'm a big fan of that trilogy. Uh I think most of us are who were born in between like 1980 and 1995 or something. Like we grew up with that film and uh, it's a very special experience to go see Toy Story uh, on screen. I'm not happy that they sort of ripped it out of the grave and decided to make a new one, but I'm going to go see it. Um, I'm going to check it out and I'm going to spend a bit of time with these characters who I know very well. Uh, but mm. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm not really expecting much, but, uh, hopefully it'll be good. Have you read any reviews or anything? No, I'm keeping myself away from it until I, uh, until I've watched it. And what about, uh, what films are you not going to see? Yeah. A film I'm not going to see this week is, uh, Spider-Man. I, I'm just a long suffering man in the world of, uh, comic book film blockbusters. I absolutely despise them. Uh, I think they're just mm. really boring. I cannot believe, I cannot believe the amount of money that's gone into rehashing Spider-Man fucking three separate times in the last, like, ten years. Does that really need to happen? The amount of films that could have received uh, funding, and it's just, like, more and more and more comic book heroes, and they all seem the same to me. 
But we did get one excellent one. Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse was amazing. Oh, sorry. Four times. I I counted yeah. three. I meant four. It were, I mean, I feel like that was a bad franchise to choose because, you know, they, they've done, I, I don't know. I, suppose, I was about to say Batman. People like Batman too. You like Batman. I do. Well, I mean, I, I like one Batman. I like uh, Nolan's Batman and I like Enter the Spider-Verse. I like one film of the, what, 12 or so that have been made. Uh, but because mm. they essentially stepped away from the genre of comic book films, that's why they were both good because they stepped away from uh, this sort of formulaic narrative that is, you know, you have the normal guy <laughs> living their life with also the, the, you have their normal life conflicting with their superhero life and then you have the big battle at the end and then eventually they win in the end in the same way in some sort of mass CGI mess that's just, you know, very fantastic but just really nothing just a there. wash a wash of color yeah. across the screen basically and uh and like the, the way into the spider-verse and 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 uh and batman were great because they stepped away from that so uh mm, i will not that's fair that's a fair point what's your opinion on the comic book films i like i no i think i don't like them like the likes of avengers not good um I'm actually not even that hot on Christopher Nolan's Batman. I've seen them all and I was like, okay, but I'm like, I take them or leave them. Um, I thought Enter the Spider-Verse was absolutely amazing. I went to see, I think I went to see it two days in a row, maybe. But uh, I just thought it was so good because I, I felt like Spider-Man as a character, like the swinging around and stuff. It it could, like the video game Spider-Man is so fun. You're swinging around and like there could be cool action scenes and whatnot. And it just never happened. And I felt like Enter the Spider-Verse especially because of the way it was made with the animation, it was really exciting and really cool. And I was like, they've done it. You know, they've made a good Spider-Man film. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, obviously Blade as well. Not a lot of people know that Blade Blade's, is a Marvel uh, comic. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's uh, known for being one of the best films ever made. Um, <laughs> by you. By me. So uh, I'm a big fan of that. But outside of those, not really. Um, what is your? I'd like. I'd be interested to know your opinion on the Lion King. Would you have any interest in seeing that? Ah, man, I don't know. They're doing this. This is the thing they're doing right now, isn't it? That they're making uh, old classic Disney films into live action uh, films. Mm-hmm. I didn't go see the Jungle Book, and I probably won't go see the Lion King. I think that the cartooniness of the Disney films is what kind of draws me to them, and also the fact that they're just very old, nostalgic films. Uh, so I don't, I don't need a remake. And, uh, you know, I'm the, sort of the older and more grumpy I get, the more I rail against remakes and rehashing. And I, I, yeah. I just want new. I just want uh, ideas. I want different. And uh, remaking The Jungle Book is just not doing that. What was wrong with the original? The, the, the original Jungle Book is, it's pretty old for kids these days. Like that film was made in like the 40s. Or <laughs> when did that film come out? It came out a really long time ago. Came out in 1894, man. That was when it was written. No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, it came out in 1967. So that's pushing on now. Like, that's a long time. And the Jungle Book remake wasn't too bad. I know. I saw it. I know, I know. But any of the other ones, like, I've heard Dumbo is not great. And man, like, it doesn't even, it's not even worth talking about Aladdin. Like, that looked <laughs> insanely bad. I also heard it was really long. It was like two and a half hours yeah. long or something crazy like that. You know, like all um, my students who went to see it said it was absolutely brilliant. And I was looking at their faces <laughs> going, I do not trust your opinion 
on movies <laughs> at all. <laughs> I was just looking at them straight in the eyes. And I did that thing where I didn't disagree with them. I just went, yeah, yeah. And they said, you should really go see it. And I went, yeah, yeah. Uh, just with zero intention of going to see that film. It's like working in the service industry and like one of the customers says something racist to you and you just go like, mm. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. I've written a section here, like some sort of closeout section, ask people to write and review and send emails and stuff like that. Do you think we're there yet? I mean, there's no harm. You can pretend it's a joke if it needs to be pretended it's a joke. And if you want to be serious, we can just pretend it's serious. Yeah, that's actually... I think I kind of understood what you were saying. That's that's pretty much how I live my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, then, if you like this, um, please uh, rate it and review it. And uh, also send us emails or better, uh, send a voice message. Uh, if you email us and we'll give you the phone number and then you can send us a voice message review of a film that you've seen and uh, we could play it on the show. That would be a really nice way of interacting with uh, our would-be fans. Uh, mm-hmm. being my mom and hopefully my girlfriend if she will uh, take the time to listen to this. Or you can just send a, a voice message straight to Killian on plus 353 <laughs> That's actually and my number. <laughs> so thanks for listening, guys. He looks forward to your submissions. I look forward to the many dick pics that are coming my way. <laughs>